right, everybody, welcome back to the Spartans, Wolverines, and Beards podcast. It's me, Lane. You've got Jordan. Hi. It's your favorite po- sports podcast, and we're back for a, another week. Of gonna be sad, dismay, and despair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this past week for our teams makes me a uh, to quote South Park a sad panda. So yeah. Um, but before we dive into that, um, just want to remind you guys if you haven't already, make sure you like us, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, if you haven't yet, make sure you give us a rating and maybe give us some compliments or anything and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast streaming apps. Uh, Apple, Stitcher, I think Google Play. There's there's a whole crap load of them we're on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you guys can do that, drop us some, some ratings that only boosts their algorithm, which gets us out a little bit further into the podcast world. And everybody um, needs them some Jordan and Lane. Egg, amen. We should not be depriving anybody in the world of hearing us Amen, talk. man. Amen. No, not at all. <laughs> okay. But before we get into the, the real meat and potatoes of today, um, if you guys haven't yet, make sure you also check out the Watershed Voice. Uh, basically, for everything, anything news-related, politics, sports, with us, haha. Um <laughs> Just what's going on. I mean, the holidays are coming up. Um, some really good information. Watershed Voices puts out every week, daily. Uh, subscriptions are as low as six and a half bucks a month. I know I've subscribed for a year. Um, so, yeah, if you guys haven't yet, make sure you check them out. And I mean, we, we talk about it every week. What the hell are you doing? Right. I mean, you it, it's on you at this point. Yeah, we exactly. have done and said all we can do. Exactly. We, we've, we've done it. We've given you the information. Just what are you waiting for? You've been given the tools to succeed. Now you must take them and succeed. Exactly. So uh, with the meat and potatoes of the show today, we're going to talk some high school football playoffs, um, some really big games, um, some pretty big scores. Um, also going to go over some volleyball, the district volleyball for the areas, a couple shocking losses, I would. Uh, uh, that's probably putting it lightly. Um, some pretty shocking losses. Um, then we're going to preview the, uh, actually it would be regionals this week, wouldn't it? Uh, this, is dis- I- this is district championships. Okay. So district championships this week, a uh, couple familiar teams left. Uh, going to talk some Michigan state, Michigan football Blech. or lack thereof. Uh, going to talk some lions speaking of lack thereof. Double, and then, double. And then we're going to, we're going to close this puppy down. Yeah, I don't know that we'll have a whole lot of rambling and everything on this episode. It'll probably be short, sweet, and to the punch. Yeah, I, th- I think this one will be, yeah, like Jordan said, pretty short. So, uh, I don't know, Jordan, do you got uh, anything you want to add before we start talking some high school football? No, I don't think so. I think let's get into this, and hopefully we don't have any more technical issues. <laughs> exactly. So, with that, uh, just give us a couple seconds, and we will be right back with some high school football. Alrighty, everybody, we are back, and it is time for our local sports update. Um, obviously, we previewed last week some pretty big matchups that uh, were taking place, and it was really going to take some shape in the high school football realm. 
And there were some volleyball matchups locally as well that, uh, like Lane had preluded to, there's some shocking results and um, some decent performances as well that just seasons ended. But all in all, uh, last week was there was quite a bit of good action in, in the area. So I think we will dive right into this and get things rolling. What do you say? Uh, let's do it. So last week, obviously, the upper division schools, three were Sturgis, were out from previous rounds. So we start in Division 6 with Constantine at home against Parchment. Uh, this was a game that we had talked about. Constantine and Parchment had played earlier in the year. It was a close game. So we worried about potentially a sleepy Falcons team, but that was not the case. They get it done 63-20 to 20 and really, uh, really put it to Parchment. Yeah, Jordan. I mean, they absolutely beat the brakes off Parchment this week. Uh, 459 rushing yards for Constantine, all between 10 different players. So, I mean, if uh, if you want to talk about complete assets, complete weapons, like, holy crap, Constantine is rolling. Yeah, I mean, if you look at their last couple games, 24-40 oh, – that's the wrong, wrong thing. Sorry, scratch that. Their last – Four games, they've gone 43, 70, 47, and 63 points scored. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we'll talk about it here in a little bit, but they've got a big matchup next week, and I think it's going to be a good one. But yeah, they are definitely rolling. That is what their seventh win in a row. So, I think so, yeah. Yeah, seven in a row. They're only lost to Schoolcraft first week of the year, and Schoolcraft's still going in the playoffs as well. So, this Falcons team's looking tough, and they've got a big one coming up. Yes, very much so. Uh, Move into Division 8. This is where uh, we had some matchups to be had. Um, White Pigeon went to Centerville in a rematch of a game that had happened earlier this year as well. Uh, The Bulldogs were victorious then, and the Bulldogs remain victorious again. Another good game, though. 16-0. Wasn't a blowout by any means, but Centerville keeps their shutout streak going. That is now four straight shutouts that the Bulldogs have pitched. So pretty impressive performance all in all by, by Centerville. And the puts the end to a white pigeon season that really, I think like we, I mean, we've been kind of singing the praise of white pigeon year. They just mm-hmm. tough draw this year with, you know, Centerville being as good as they are. And then they had the COVID issue earlier in the year, but Centerville gets the big win here and moves on. Yeah. You know, Jordan, and it's really, it's really a shame. Um, the division eight is so loaded and that they all got to play each other. I In mean, this like, area, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame because, I mean, like we said, White Pigeon has nothing to hang their heads low on. I mean, they had one hell of a scene, season. I mean, they're losing quite a few seniors this year, so it's going to be interesting for them. Um, and the key to Centerville just continues to be Sam Todd. Um, passing the ball didn't do the best, two for two for 19 yards, but running – he had 150 in a TD, and I mean, in a game like that, that's all it's going to take. So, yeah, I mean, they've got athletes all over the place. I mean, I know yes. both the Spencer boys going both ways. They they've just the the three of them are like a three headed monster for that offense. So that's it's impressive. And then, like we said, White Pigeon, this is probably I mean, it's not probably this is the best team that Centerville's ever put on the field. So I mean, you're talking about a Bulldogs team here that. Has a has a legitimate shot at a at a state title. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other Division Eight matchup was Menden. Uh, they were at home, or no, they're on the road, I believe. Yes, on the road 
at mm-hmm. reading. Um, reading, this is the team we've been kind of talking about. We preluded a little bit ago. They are the the new forming dynasty versus the old uh, the empire of the Menden Hornets and the new school gets the win here 50 to eight in a game that really didn't look like it was close at all. Uh, reading just rolled here. Yeah. say so reading just uh, passing the ball seemed to be the real difference maker here. 164 to two. Um, and it's a real shame for Menden. Uh, like we said at the beginning, we, we really like this Menden team. Um Finished six and two, but they they're losing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten key seniors. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Menden bounces back for next season. Um, and like I said, it's just it's just a shame that these teams are all basically cannibalizing each other because holy crap, each one of these teams has merit to say they could take a length, lengthy run. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, I mean, if there's one thing we know about Menden is they won't be down for very long, if at all. Right. I mean, I'm looking at this dating back to 2007. They have had one season where they didn't get to six wins and they still made the playoffs in that season because their playoffs, their points numbers were so high with the strength of schedule. Okay. So, I mean, this team, they missed the playoffs in 2006, but otherwise their last time not being in the playoffs was 1985. So, Oof. This team, they, they won't be down for long, if at all. They will bounce back and bounce back strong, I'm sure. Yes, very much so. So, moving to eight-man, uh, Colin took on Tri-Unity, the team that kind of uh, upset Baroque and foiled our our inter-county matchup. But the Magi avenged the Bobcats in a big way. Uh, if you remember, if you listened to last week, we kind of talked about this. You know, Tri-Unity was riding high off a big upset of of Baroque and Cohen could have been the same fate if they come in and kind of sleptwalk, but that wasn't the case. They, they blow them out here 63 to nothing. And really Cohen's looked pretty damn good since that second week of the year, their only loss of the year. And they've just been rolling since. Yeah. And uh, very much so. I mean, they seem to be clicking all at the right time. Their defense only gave up 23 total yards. Um, and as we, like Jordan, you had said last weekend, they uh, try uni upset Baroque by putting up a bunch of yards. So, I mean, Colin seems to be running pretty well at the right time. So, who knows? They might make it back up to the Dome up in Marquette this year. So, yep. this next week's matchup is going to be a pretty interesting one. And you know, while we're on it, we're, that, that's all the results from last week. So, let's just go in reverse order here. And we'll preview next week's matchups for the football, and then we'll double back to the volleyball stuff. Sound good? Yep, let's do it. So, talking about Colin, uh, their matchup this week is St. Patrick Shamrocks from Port, the city of Portland. Uh, this is going to be a tough matchup. Uh, St. Patrick is undefeated, 8-0 right now. Uh, this is a team that lost in the state final last year and lost in the semifinal the year before that. So this this is a tough matchup for Colin. Um, not a team from what I'm seeing that they've played recently. Uh, last time they met was in 2018, and Colin won big. But I have a feeling, and I get the sense that this St. Patrick team is a little different. So we could be uh, we could be setting up for a pretty damn good matchup this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Um, and partly St. Patrick, if the name sounds familiar, that's because they played Burr Oak a couple of weeks ago. Um, and beat Burroke 52 to 19. Now we saw 
what happened to the last team that beat Burrow handily. Colin shut them down. So it's going to be interesting. That's definitely going to be a barn burner uh, Saturday. If you're not, if you're able to, that would be a good one. If I don't know if they have a streaming or, or whatever you can do, but that'd be an interesting one to tune into. I would say based on looking at the stats of these two teams, uh, there's going to be some points scored. Yes. Because yes. St. Patrick's got 357 points scored this year, and Colin has 397 points scored this year. Ooh. So there's going to be some numbers put up in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other matchup that we kind of alluded to here in Division 8, Centerville. Um, they've been rolling. We've been talking about it. This is the team that – this is the best team that they've had in school history probably ever i mean you'd have to go back and really dig to look but i mean everything looks like it they got a tough matchup with reading um we just talked about how reading put it to mendon and reading's been kind of building the dynasty they've won two straight state titles um this is if if centerville i mean this is kind of dumb to say but if centerville wants a shot to win a state title it comes right now but really you have to think the winner of this game is on a fast track to the state title game. Yeah, absolutely. That's you took the words right out of my mouth. It seems like the uh, state title for Division Eight might be running through Centerville this on um, Friday night. Is it in Centerville or is it at Reading? At Centerville. Oh, they got, Centerville's got a they've got a home that's game. Awesome. That even that's even better for them. So I mean, if, yes, absolutely. If you look at Reading, their only loss is to a Jonesville team that is currently seven and one, and. That Jonesville team's only loss was to Edwardsburg, and anybody around this area knows what Edwardsburg has been. Um, so, reading is no slouch by any means. Uh, Centerville's going to have their hands full. I think they they need to find a way to junk this game up, kind of sit on the clock. I mean, they run the veer, so if they can if they can run the clock and really milk this game out and keep it a low scoring game, I like the Bulldogs here. Yeah, I'm with you. I think if they can take the air out of the ball and just really limit Reading defensively, I think think they're good. Yep. We will see. Uh, Moving forward, Constantine, uh, we've been talking about how they've been on a roll. Well, they run into a team that's on a roll. Buchanan Bucks uh, coming in at 8-0, just off a win of Brandywine 55-15 last week. So kind of a – you know, it's a story of everything that's been going on, like we've just been mentioning. I mean, Colin's got a tough one, Centerville's got a tough one, and Constantine's in no different shape here. It's going to be a tough matchup. But again, this is another situation where if they win, they may be setting up pretty good for a run at, the, at another state title. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's what, – what, what clashes, I mean, with, that we're getting to have in St. Joe County this weekend between Colin, Constantine – and now Centerville, I mean, holy crap. I, I really hope we can keep talking some high school football going yeah, forward. Yeah, and it actually looks like Constantine could be setting up for a match bill with that Jonesville team that we were just talking about. Ooh, that would and be a fun one. looking at the bracket, yeah. I mean, that's kind of – I mean, I guess I haven't updated it to see if Jonesville's still in it. But, uh, yeah, Constantine's, Constantine's rolling right now. Like we said, they've mm-hmm. scored over 200 points in the last couple of weeks alone. So, the Falcons can keep on – keep on doing what they do best and that is running the ball they got a shot here this would be a good game yeah absolutely take the falcons i like it so i think that's all the high school football right or did i miss one nope that was it that's man. all we got left here so some big 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 matchups and three teams that we think have a legitimate shot at getting to their respective state titles in their divisions 
So we'll go back here and look at some volleyball stuff from last week. Um, really some shocking, some shocking results. Um, I know three rivers ended up getting to the district final game and losing, I believe to Harper Creek. If mm-hmm. I remember that correctly, lost that in straight sets, but the cats made a good push there to get to that district final game. Uh, Centerville gets upset by, was it Lawton? Is that what we said? Yes. Yep. So that was one of our big shockers that we kind of alluded to. Uh, Centerville team that, you know, we kind of talked about earlier this year that really been been pretty impressive this season. And then the big one, um, I think caught all of us by surprise, is Menden got, gets upset by Athens. Um, this is this yeah. is this is a huge surprise to us. I mean, we talked about like all roads lead through Menden in that division for another state title, and well, uh, Athens had some other things to say apparently. Yeah, very much so, Jordan. I mean, they they lost in, in five sets. Um, so I mean, that's a heartbreaker in itself. Twenty five sixteen, twenty three twenty five, twenty five twenty one, seventeen twenty five, and then thirteen fifteen. Mm. Um, the if there is a silver lining for this Menden team, they're only losing two seniors. Oh, wow. So they're still going to be – they're going to be in good shape. But, I mean, it's an absolute heartbreaker considering – and I didn't realize this. They're back-to-back state champs. Oh, wow. So they're trying to go for the three-peat. And as we know with being sports fans, getting a two-peat is damn near impossible. Going for a three-peat, whew, Yeah, no kidding. That's – that's really tough, but I mean that that team's got the experience. I look for them to come back next year in a big yeah, way. Yeah, let's let's hope so. I mean, well, it's kind of like the football team; they won't be down for long. That's for sure. Exactly. So I think was there any other local sports that you wanted to hit on, or did we cover most of it there? No, I think we got it, man. I think we're uh, we're ready to be disappointed. Oh boy, yeah. If, if for anybody listening, if you don't want to hear doom and gloom, you can go ahead and shut it off now, because from here on out, it goes downhill for this podcast. Yes, exactly. We will take a quick little break here. We'll get back with our college football recap and our pick'em segment. Okay, everybody. Well, now it's time for our college football recap from our Michigan State Spartans. Disappointing. Oh, let me see here. I just had it pulled up. 49-7 loss in Iowa City and Michigan's disappointing 38-21 loss down in Bloomington. So I will just go ahead and lead off with Michigan State. And, of course, in this segment, we're also going to get to our pickums, which... In good news, Jordan is growing a lead. Yeah, Pretty- well, at least I'm taking advantage of our misfortunes. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I'm not going to run a, a lot on this Michigan State team. Um, it just It's become air apparent that you look at week one and miscommunication and the jitters and all that stuff doomed them against Rutgers. Then two weeks ago, they go into Ann Arbor and absolutely put on – a masterpiece of a game, I would call it that. And then they go into Iowa and they shit the bed. Um, and I, it, it's we knew this Michigan State team was not a good team. Um, we know Mark D'Antonio when he left, he didn't leave in a good place. I mean, with Mel Tucker coming in, trying to learn everything. 
it just didn't look good. And I mean, and it all starts and ends with Rocky Lombardi and he didn't play well. I mean, his, he doesn't to me seem like he's leading that offense. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it just, it's yes, it's a young team, but man, like you go into Michigan and you look incredible. I mean, incredible. And then this week you go into Iowa city and it's like, you just blew everything you had last weekend and you're just, you're dead tired now. And this, let's not forget this Iowa team hasn't played the best and they absolutely beat the tar out of us. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It just, to me, it just very much feels like what are you getting Dr. Jekyll or you're getting Mr. Hyde? Um, I, it's, it's tough. I mean, they can be competitive. They're, they are, a, they're a decent team. It's just, you just don't know who you're going to get. They just need to set a tone and, and own it and just run with it. So, um, so Rocky Lombardi's thrown five interceptions and six touchdowns. Yeah. And all five of those interceptions weren't against Michigan. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that's not good. I mean, uh, that that's the story. Yeah, and I mean, and that's and that's it starts and ends with him, and it's it's frustrating because you you have that Rutgers game, which is the game you're supposed to be able to test your offense and test your players, and you lose that one, so you can't do that. So then you go into Ann Arbor, and you definitely can't try it there. So then at this season, you're pretty much set in what you need to do. Now this next week against Indiana, I don't know what it's going to look like. I mean, Theo Day did come in for a little bit, and. Maybe that's that's the guy now. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have a lot of faith in Mel Tucker. I mean, we knew this team was going to struggle this year. So they're already beating my expectations by their win last week. But if they continue to play like they're playing, their schedule's definitely not getting any easier. Jordan's under or over or having the one game win might be more true. I mean, it, it it's ugly. It's just ugly right now in Eastland. I mean, the way Maryland and... Talia Tungavailoa looked against Purdue or Penn State. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing left on their schedule that you look at and say yes, that's a win. Yeah, exactly. There's not and a I mean, it, I mean, and I mean, and just to really encapsulate 2020, like what a crazy friggin' year for the Big Ten. Uh, that's it's it's chaos. Like, I mean, the teams you thought would be in the cellar are the cream of the crop and the cream of the crop looks like dog crap. Yeah, Penn so. <laughs> State's 0-3, Indiana's 3-0. You don't need to say anything else. Bingo. That is that is everything you need to know about the Big Ten. So, speaking of Indiana, Jordan, why don't, uh, why don't we talk about the Hoosiers oh, against your Wolverines? Do we have to? Well, not you don't have to. I mean, this game... But we should. This game was what... Everything I said that was that it was going to be, it was the same problems. It's it was undisciplined. It was there was no motivation. There was no heart. There was no urgency. There was no fight. I mean, this is this is an Indiana team that's good. They're tough. They're scrappy. They play hard. Penix is a good player. Stevie Scott's a good player. They got two good receivers in uh, in uh, Watt Fillier and Ty Freifogel. I mean, two good receivers and a really good tight end. I mean, so they got good talent, and their defense just doesn't make a ton of mistakes. But you look – I mean, you look at this game and you watch it, and I was watching this game, and from the first snap again, I was like, there's no way they're going to win this game. I mean, there was no urgency. The play calling was atrocious again. You can't convince me still to this day that Josh Gaddis is 100% calling this offense. 
Yeah. I just I don't believe it. There's too much speed on the field to never, ever, ever press the edges. We never press the edges with guys like Blake Corm and A.J. Henning and Giles Jackson and Mike Senior. So these guys are fast. And what are we doing? We're running Hassan Haskins and Zach Charbonnet up the middle 15 times a game. Mm-hmm. Like your offensive line has proven not to be a great run blocking team. So when you're not a great run blocking team, zone schemes work and you just you just trust your athletes to get to the edge. Put your athletes in space. What's weird? Speed in space is what we always heard about, but we're not doing it. Like, that's what makes me think that Harbaugh still has a hold of this offense and just won't let go. Now, whether that's a trust thing in Joe Milton, because he's shown the inability to make reads and read a defense. I mean, I counted six times Saturday where he tried to fit a window when there was somebody else wide open, whether it was a check down or another, a second or third read that he could have easily hit. And he still instead tried to fit some tight window that wasn't there. And we saw him overthrow Ronnie Bell by 20 yards when he was wide open. We saw him try to throw. I don't even know what it was. I mean, the, it looked like it was there, but he shorted it by 10 yards and got intercepted. Like, I just – I don't know. The kid has all the talent in the world. He's built like a Greek god, and it's just like he can't put it all together. It's all the same things that the recruiting people said about him coming out of high school, and it all showed itself again. And, again, we, we have this big guy who is pretty athletic, and they're not running him at all. Mm-hmm. I just There's just so many weapons in this offense that just aren't being utilized. It just, it's mind-blowing to me. And then you get to the defense, and it's just – I mean, six times they jumped off sides. There's no fans in the crowd. And they jumped off sides six times on a clap. I mean, ready? Jumped off sides. That, that's, it's just ass. It's no discipline. And that all goes back to coaching. When players aren't disciplined, mm-hmm. that's coaching. And that's Don Brown. And on those times they jumped off sides, two times it ended up in a touchdown because it's a free shot. And Penix knew it, and he threw it up. And guess what? Our corners still aren't very good. And and Indiana's players went up and made plays. I mean, I'm done with Don Brown. I've been saying I'm done with Don Brown. His defense, it's you're a guy who wants to play man, and you don't have the athletes to play man, and you can't coach zone because they played zone in this game, and it was atrocious, horrible, pathetic to watch. I mean, and again, on the defense, there's athletes out there. I mean, Dax Hill is all over the field. Cam McGrone's a good athlete. Josh Ross isn't bad. Brad Hawkins is a solid player. Quiddy Pay is talking. They're talking first-round draft grades on Quiddy Pay. Yeah, they're talking top 15. And now Aiden Hutchinson broke his ankle, and he's out for the year. So that's going to be a big loss. So, I mean, it's just nothing on this defense has any promise, in my opinion. And and Zordich came out and said today that or yesterday it might have been that, that they need to get it fixed and they will get it fixed and it's his job to make sure it gets fixed. So I can take that he owned it that his DVs are going through a slump right now and he says that he's going to fix it. I mean, good on you. That's more than Don Brown said in four years. I mean, Don yeah. Brown came out and said that he was shocked by all the criticism. Dude, you need to get with it. You need a cl- you need to get a clue. Obviously, he's not on Good Twitter. Good God, yeah, I know. It's like, what do you live under a rock? So I have no hope for Michigan going forward this year. I hope we can beat Rutgers. I hope we can beat Maryland. 
But again, those two teams have proven to be scrappy and tough, and that's one thing, two things we've shown we, we aren't as scrappy and tough. So we'll see. Well, I mean, and and like my point earlier, like that shows how crazy of a year it is when Michigan football, as a huge Michigan football fan that you are, say I have to worry about Rutgers yep. Maryland. Like that's that's insanity, and I I, I I don't know, man. Like I. I feel like I'm with you. I think Don Brown needs to go. And I think if, if Harbaugh doesn't breathe some life into this program, I think it's his time yeah, too. I, like I said last week, I, he's run his course with me. I'm, I'm good. Thank you for getting us out of the dumpster, but don't leave us in the dumpster when you leave and let's get somebody, let's get some young blood in there to, to fix it. Yeah. So no, I respect that. So with that, should we roll into our pick em segment? Yeah, let's go ahead. Something to make yeah, you happy. Feel better. So Quick little recap. Last week, I did win again. Uh, I went five and one with the one abstain game because Wisconsin and Purdue didn't play. Lane goes four and two. Uh, The big swing game was the MSU-Iowa game. I took the Hawkeyes, and obviously he took the Spartans. So that makes the season totals. Jordan is 14 and five. Lane sits at 10 and nine right now. So I got a pretty good lead. Yep. And looking at this week's schedule, you are not going to get the lead back this week because I don't, I don't think yeah, there's probably. enough games here that we're going to be different on. But I think one, maybe two, but we'll see. Got to yep. chip away. Hey, it's a long season. Got to play the long game, right? Unless you're Wisconsin, unless you're Wisconsin, exactly. their season could be over at any moment. So, yeah, exactly. so we'll start out with Friday night, seven thirty. Iowa goes up to Minnesota. Gophers got their first win, and Hawkeyes coming off an impressive win against Michigan State. Where do you, where are you sitting with this game? God, it it's a case of what team shows sure. up. Um, you know, right now I I need to get some points. I'm taking Iowa. Mm, it's too bad you're not getting any points because I'm taking Iowa also. Yeah, damn it. I, I think uh, Minnesota, what they're good at is running the ball, and what Iowa's good at is stopping the run. Uh, and I think Iowa's going to be able to grind it out and get a close win. Saturday at noon, Penn State goes to Lincoln. Uh, Nittany Lions are 0-3. Nebraska's 0-2. Nebraska's two losses do come against Ohio State and Northwestern, so they're not terrible losses, but I still haven't seen anything from Nebraska that makes me think that they're anywhere close yet, so I'm taking Penn State. You see, and I'm going to take Nebraska in this mm. game uh, just because I have no faith in Penn State. Well, they right do now. have Fames Janklin, so, I mean – He'll uh, he'll find a way to screw up any game for Penn State. That's James <laughs> Franklin's alter ego for any of you guys that are listening. Uh, another noon game. Indiana goes to East Lansing to take on the Spartans. Lane, what are you thinking? How are you feeling? Where are you at? Hey, real easy, IU. You're going to go with the same analogy I went with, huh? Yep. Uh, until if they can come out with the fire they did against Michigan, then I feel confident. But IU is – in a different world. They're playing right tough now. right now. So I'm, yeah, I'm taking IU Hoosiers as well. Uh, this is a game that beginning of the year it, came, it was talked about as being the bottom of the barrel game, but uh, now it's not because one team's in the bottom and the other team's in the middle of the road. So you got Illinois traveling to Rutgers. Uh, like we've talked about, Rutgers has been tough and scrappy. I mean, they put up 20 plus points on Ohio State, which is no small feat. So I'll take the Scarlet Knights here and I'll take them big. Yeah, I'm with you, Scarlet God, I never thought I would say that. Uh, <laughs> right. Next game, Saturday, 3.30, Ohio State goes to Maryland. Um, interesting game here because Maryland has, 
you know, put up two wins in a row, one of them in convincing fashion over Penn State last week. But, again, it's, it's Ohio State. Uh, they're going to roll here. It's just a matter of can Maryland put some points up with them, I think. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking the Buckeyes, but I could see Maryland shocking some folks this weekend. I'm still taking the Buckeyes, but don't be surprised if Maryland wow. makes this Okay, game. you're a little more confident than I am. Uh, in my opinion, this is the game of the week. Uh, the 7.30 Northwestern at Purdue. Uh, I just think both of these teams are tough and scrappy right now. Um, you never know what you're going to get out of Purdue's offense because there's just so many weapons. But I trust Pat Fitzgerald. I trust the Wildcats. I'm taking Northwestern. I'm with you. Taking Northwestern for the exact yep. same reason. It comes reason. down to trust. In 2020, you got to trust. And that's just I trust Pat Fitzgerald. And then yeah, our final game, you. it is happening. It's been announced. It is official. Um, sorry, Michigan fans. You're going to – you got to – the game is happening. I know a lot of them were hoping it got canceled again, but – Wisconsin coming to Ann Arbor to take on the Michigan Wolverines. Um, I think I've kind of said all I need to say about this. Obviously, the big the big limiting factor here is Wisconsin's been off for two weeks. Um, we don't know if Graham Mertz is playing. We don't know who's playing for what for Wisconsin. So it could be a makeshift squad. But uh, Paul Chris did say that Graham Mertz is practicing. So if he's practicing, I think he's going to play. And if he's going to play, then Wisconsin's going to win, in my opinion. Wow. So take Wisconsin to beat Michigan. Wow. 2020 is wild, y'all. Um, I'm going to end up uh, – I'm taking Michigan. Um, I just think that amount of time off is going to be difficult for Wisconsin because they played one week. They played the first game in the Big Ten season, and they've been off since. Yeah, and you see, I think that's too much time off. I'm going to take Michigan. Um, I'm going to take them close. Well, I don't close. like the fact that you said close makes me feel even better because there ain't no way they're winning a close game. <laughs> I just don't see it. So we got two games different here. Uh, you got Nebraska, I got Penn State, and you got Michigan, I got Wisconsin. That is weird to say. That is. Told you, 2020, so man. It's wild. a little bit of ground or it's going to separate some more. We will find out, but – yeah, you could almost close this puppy up this weekend. For you, I but the the for it to get ugly for you means it has to be ugly for Michigan, and that's just disappointing. So see, double edged sword. Alrighty, I think with all that, we can probably shut this down and go to the Cryons. I mean, Lions. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> all right, everybody. It's time for our last segment, Lane's favorite segment of the day. He gets to talk about his beloved Detroit Lions, and I get to sit here and say I told you so the whole time. And, yeah, Lane, what do you think? Well, I think the Detroit Lions suck, and I think they suck horribly. Um, so they last week lost to Indianapolis 41-21. This week they go into Minnesota, which Minnesota really hasn't looked that good this season. Um, last week, Dalvin Cook took over against Green Bay. And, well, Dalvin Cook took over at home against Detroit. Um, just a real quick stat line here. Um, let's see. Dalvin Cook, 22 carries for 206 yards. Averaged 9.4 yards a carry. Is that good? 
that that's that I did I break it? Is that <laughs> I swore. Um, what's the size? What, what's that mean? Um now granted take away that one of those was a seventy yard scamper that put the game on ice, but um yeah, this team is bad. Like really bad. Um I I don't the only good spot is our special teams. Um and even Matt Prater has looked like shit this year. Um yeah, I know I picked him up this week, and that's just par for yeah. my team this week. Yeah, he's uh, he's been bad. Um, I mean, at this point, you you see this loss, and you see this run defense. I I, I don't I don't get I don't get what Corey Unlund and Matt Patricia are doing on defense. I I don't get it. I don't get it, Jordan. Like we're week ten now, going into week ten, and we're still not sure what our what our lineups need to be. Like we, we, Justin Coleman's back. Desmond Trufant is back, and they played like twenty percent of the snaps. And then, like, I, I, ju- I just don't get this team. Um, at this point, it, it, it's just bad. I mean, Stafford looked horrible. Um, under throwing balls, just staring down to receivers. I mean, the offensive line has regressed. The run. I don't understand Daryl Bevel's fascination with Adrian Peterson at this point. Um, Peterson's running for like 1.8 yards a carry right now. So I don't understand that fascination. You have Deandre Swift, who's proven he's a playmaker, but he's still coming in here or there. Um, I'm just over it. I'm over this team. Fire Patricia, fire Bevel, um, promote Brandon Combs. Cause he's the only one that seems to get actually anything out of his players. Uh, Isn't got, he like 34 or something like that. Yeah. He's, he's young. I mean, he's young. And he's, but I mean, he's gotten I think three block punts already this year. Um, so I mean, he's getting the most out of his special teams. You know, I mean, it just, I, I just don't know. And now it's starting to sound like Jaron Harmon is really taking over the defense, and he's been like pretty blunt, like just saying, "Hey, we need to do." I mean, in not these words, but we need to do better. And I don't know how the players are being receptive to that. Um, I mean, losing Galladay to a hip injury has been big, but. Good God, man. This team is just bad. And, I mean, it's it, it's not even close. Like, we're, we're going – we play the, the Washington football team this weekend. I thank God I have Antonio Gibson in one of my leagues. I expect him to go off for 150 total yards, having a McCaffrey-type game, because we don't know how to stop the run. <laughs> um, and, I mean, we got, what, 38-year-old Alex Smith's going to start for him, so I'm sure he'll carve us up. It's just – at, at this point, like, I just, I don't understand this team. There's no, like, one week they look really good and they look like they have it figured out on defense. And then the next week, I don't know if it's Patricia getting in the way or what, but then we then we just throw in players that it just doesn't make any damn sense. So, I mean, at this point, it's Lions are going to tank. They need to tank. I, it sucks because last week they should have tried to trade Stafford away. Um, should have called up Dallas and said, we're offering them. What do you want for them? Um, you're not going to get Trevor because the Jets are probably one of the worst football teams ever. Um, <laughs> but, but they just took Sam Darnold. Are they really going to take another QB? Oh, they'll take they'll take Trevor when Trevor's being compared to the next Andrew Luck. They'll take they'll take Trevor if Trevor goes out. That's the next thing. That'd be the ultimate move, wouldn't it? Right? Yeah. Right. They'll be like, Nah, I'm staying put. Um, which of course that will completely shape the draft. Um, what he does, because, I mean, then you could realistically see Justin Fields go number one. Um, 
But I don't know. I, I don't know. Right now we're sitting at, I think, 12 or 11 in the draft. So, I mean, your odds are you're out of – you're definitely out of Trevor territory. I'm not – I'm. I like Justin Fields, and I said earlier in the season I'm still not sold just because Ohio State quarterbacks never turn out in the NFL. Um, Trey Lance might go a few picks ahead of you. I mean, what's that kid's from BYU names? Is it Bryce Wilson? Is that it? Um Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. So, I mean, you could be realistically in his territory, which he still makes me nervous. I, I don't know. I mean, the the outlook for this team is not good. You would think they would have fired Matt Patricia, but if they're not going to fire him at this point, they're going to wait till the end of the season for God knows what reason. Um, yeah, Lions are hopeless. It's it's done. Like, I, I, I watched the – watched most of the game and I looked at Kendra and I handed over the remote said I'm done and I took a nap (laughs) I mean and that's and that's just what it is like this team's got awful the coaching's got awful something needs to change and until it changes that's it I mean that's all I gotta say about it I'm done with them yeah I I mean that that kind of covers it I don't I don't know (laughs) what else you I don't I honestly don't know what else to say I just, I appreciate, this is my weekly therapy, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's all bad. If they can find a way to get to Justin Fields or Trey Lance in the draft, I think they need to. Obviously, Trevor's going to be gone, but I think they need, it's it's time for a quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, it, this is the draft to do it. Um, and just let them sit for a year. I mean, Stafford has been incredible for us, but he's, He's starting to regress. Now, keep in mind, Cap Stafford was on the COVID list, but he didn't have COVID. And then he had some issues at home. Uh, his daughter, like a day or two before the game, ended up getting a pretty good concussion. So, I mean, the man's got a lot going on. Um, and the man's been an epitome of class the entire time. But right. Just, oof. It's been a lot. It's been a lot, man. Michigan sports do not look good right now. Yeah, no kidding. It's, oh, it's a lot. So I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I mean, I, until they prove me otherwise, Washington football team, just just keep losing. Like, let's just try to get some draft picks. Yep, I hear you. Well, I think with that, that probably wraps it up for this week, don't you think? Yeah, I, I think I've exercised my uh, Detroit <laughs> you, Lions demons. You've released all those demons? Yeah, I, I hope so. God, I hope so. I'm oh. sure Kendra hopes so, too. <laughs> All right. Well, like we said at the beginning, if you have not already, please follow us on all of our social media accounts, uh, whatever podcast site you are streaming us on, Apple, whatever it may be. Please subscribe. Give us a rating and review. That always helps us. And also Watershed Voice. Thank you to them. And if you guys have not subscribed to them, please uh, give them a look and see what they have to offer. Yeah, exactly. If, like I said in the beginning, if you haven't looked at Watershed, what are you doing? Right. It's time. It's time. It's so, time. I think with that, we will talk to you guys next week. Go blue. Go green. Couldn't hold me back